It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an official community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back at it again here on the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Also, check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite podcasts across the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday like today, I'll be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. You can either at me or DM me, but make sure to first follow me at Julian Council on Twitter so you can get your questions in for next week. And we'll get to your questions here in just a moment on the show. As first, should update you on some of the things going on here in Carolina as the Panthers prepare for Sunday afternoon matchup on the road at MetLife Stadium against the lowly 1-5 New York Giants. Charlotte native Daniel Jones will be playing against his former favorite team, of course. And I saw the reports of Daniel Jones was a big Panther fan when growing up and loved Jake DeLome and Steve Smith. I'm like, huh, interesting. Daniel Jones, who's in his mid-20s. Was a big Panther fan growing up here in Charlotte when he lived here and was a fan of Jake DeLome and Steve Smith. So was every single kid back then here in Charlotte. So it'll be interesting and good for him to get an opportunity. I'm sure his family is probably going to be traveling up there to go watch him play. I have no idea. I just assume that's probably the case. Um, but who will not be there is a question for the Carolina Panthers in terms of health. Return man and reserve wideout. Reserve wideout, excuse me. Alex Erickson was back on the field in limited capacity on Thursday after being out on Wednesday. He was out with a concussion. The Carolina Panthers currently only have three wide receivers who are completely healthy. The rookie Shai Smith out of South Carolina, who was lined up as the number three wide receiver so most of this week. Also, you look at um, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who've struggled. So those are only three healthy wide receivers currently. Brandon Zilso went on IR on Tuesday, and Terrace Marshall has not participated at all in practice so far this week with a concussion that he also suffered in the loss on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. Look for a guy like Keith Kirkwood likely to get elevated or possibly Aaron Parker, C.J. Saunders, or Matt Cole, but definitely I would imagine that Keith Kirkwood, the veteran and former Temple player New Orleans Saints, will be activated and elevated on Sunday afternoon in New York. Left tackle Cam Irving was also added to the practice report on Thursday with a limited participation with a neck issue. That's the same neck issue that caused him to miss the Eagles game. Center Matt Paradis, who has a knee problem, was a full participant. And if Cam Irving is out again on Sunday, 
I wonder if Matt Rule opts to then again move Taylor Boten over to the left side, even though he preferred to have him on the right side, and then start Brady Christensen again at right tackle. Something that necessarily did not go great in terms of the grading and the amount of pressures that he gave up in that loss to the Eagles. But an opportunity for a fan, a guy that a lot of fans here in Carolina are wanting to see to potentially play again on Sunday if Cam Irving is not going to be a go. Uh, Shaq Thompson will also be out again this week. Giovanni Ricci, the fullback, has a concussion, and that means he's probably going to possibly not be available on Sunday either. The Panthers are kind of the walking wounded. Outside linebacker Frankie Louvu, who had blocked the punt on Sunday, was again limited on Thursday with a bicep injury. And cornerback C.J. Henderson, who missed last week, was a full participant once again with that shoulder injury. And cornerback Stephon Gilmore, possibly going to make his debut as a Carolina Panther this Sunday in New York. Did he continue to do limited work? Maybe he'll be available. I have no idea right now, but that's the injury report heading into the game on Sunday against the New York Giants. The Carolina Panthers try to get off to snide after losing three straight games, after starting the season off 3-0 and having a lot of people here in the area excited about Sam Donald starting, excited about the potential that this could be a playoff team in year two of Matt Rule. Of course, I've talked to you guys about looking at the entirety of the NFC outside of the top five teams who are all definitely going to make the playoffs. The Carolina Panthers are an average football team. They're a middling team that if they can figure things out this weekend and next weekend in Atlanta, they can find themselves right in a position that I told you that I thought they would be in going into December when the schedule gets a lot tougher. Now, Pro Football Focus has said the Carolina Panthers up to this point through six weeks have played the easiest schedule in the NFL, which is a somewhat concerning considering they're three and three and they at the worst should be four and two. Potentially, if they could have stolen that game on Sunday, it could be five and one, but that's not the case. They're three and three. Pro Football Focus also says the Carolina Panthers have the hardest remaining schedule of all teams in the National Football League for the next 11, 12 weeks of the season, which is not something that you wanted to hear as Carolina prepares to face the Giants on Sunday. And that's a game that is a cannot lose, not must win because the season doesn't end if they lose. But then I've already told you all that if they lose to the Giants, I really don't know what to tell you moving forward because that is going to be a loss that would be worse than the Eagles lost, no matter how things play out, especially when Saquon Barkley wasn't at practice. Neither was Kenny Galladay. Neither was their uh, first round rookie, Kadarius Toney out of Florida. The weapons or lack thereof for the Giants this weekend should allow the Carolina Panthers defense to tee off. Also with that offensive line that is patchwork. And that's just being nice about it with the New York Giants. Carolina has no reason to lose this game on Sunday. They are a far better team. New York is a team that will likely be making a general manager change after the season, if not in season with Dave Gellman. And I don't even know what that means with their head coach, Joe Judge, who I don't think has inspired much confidence in his team or and the outside in his ability for him to have an opportunity to actually turn things around there in New York. But it's not our problem, at least not until after Sunday. Hopefully Carolina wins that game, gets the four and three. Vibes are good again here in Carolina as they head down AI-85 South next Sunday to face off against the rival Atlanta Falcons. All right, not going to delay it anymore. Going to get to your weekly Friday mailbag questions here after this message 
from our friends over at Bet Online. They're back and they're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, the Major League Baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021-22 season. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's get right into the mailbag questions. Travis, he asks, do you think that there are still holes on the coaching staff we can improve on? I feel that's got to be some issues. Position coaches not being good coaches could be an issue. Hope you're doing well. I'm an everyday listener. I like your hot takes because I feel the same way. Thank you, Travis, for listening every day. Um, Yeah, I mean, certainly you could think that the Carolina Panthers have positions that they could maybe improve on. We've spoken about the the OC. I don't know if Joe Brady necessarily needs to be replaced. He's still young in this in terms of it's only a second year as a primary play caller. I understand that he gets a ton of credit for the 2019 National Championship down at LSU, but it wasn't just all him. He wasn't the primary play caller. There was uh, Steve Ensminger, who since departed there as Coach Ed Ogeron is on his way out after this season at LSU. I don't know. If I look at anybody right now, I mean, I'm looking at the offensive line and Pat Meyer. He's the offensive line coach. And are we seeing a ton of development for any of these guys so far? Uh, I know that injuries haven't helped so far this season, but you, you bring him back John Miller. He's regressed. Pat Paradis has regressed after a bounce back season last year in 2020. And then Dennis Daly, how much has he really improved so far this season? So if there's anything, maybe I'll look at the offensive line coach and Pat Meyer. Ch- Chase Blackburn has definitely got a ton of criticism uh, from the, the media and from the fans the last couple of weeks. Uh, when you look at his special teams efficiency numbers that I gave to you guys, I think sometime last week, not great since he's taken over. One of the Rivera holdovers, that's maybe a spot that Matt Rule looks to try and fix. And you looked at him on Sunday. I think Matt Rule was mad at him um, in one of those instances. And I, that might be a position that they want to upgrade. So you look at special teams, coordinator Chase Blackburn, you look at offensive line coach Pat Byer. Those guys could be uh, potentially on their way out after the season if you're looking at a upgrade at any of those coaching positions on the sideline for the Panthers. All right, Tanner, he, uh, he says, if you had to give up 22, meaning Christian McCaffrey, but you could fix the O-line, would you? Could trade him, someone like Houston or the Jets, who's desperate to revitalize their franchise, might be willing to give up multiple picks, might not get some first, but could definitely get a haul of picks for him. Don't really need an elite running back to play to win anymore. I cannot see Houston or New York, who especially the Jets, they're going to have, what, two first-round picks again this season? They're not giving up a first-round pick on a running back who is going to have missed 18 of 24 games by the time he's potentially available to come back again against the New England Patriots in a couple weeks. That's just not going to happen. Um, Yeah, would I, would I move Christian McCaffrey to, like, fix the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd, yeah, I'd rather have a good 
powerful offensive line who I know is going to protect the quarterback, then I would rather have a player like Christian McCaffrey. I've said it multiple times. You can get production out of the running back position without having to spend the kind of money Carolina spending. Christian McCaffrey is certainly different. So are guys like Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. They are different. Derrick Henry, like he's just also, I mean, good Lord. Like that guy is going to carry the ball a million times this season. And he seems like he's indestructible. He has been since he's been at Alabama. And McCaffrey's injuries, it stinks for him. I feel bad for him. The Panthers would have been wise, and of course, hindsight 2020, but this has been my position from the beginning. They would have been wise to have just given him the fifth-year option and then tried to franchise tag him like the Pittsburgh Steelers did with Le'Veon Bell, and that worked out perfectly for them, whereas this is not necessarily working out right now. I think Christian's a fantastic player, but you're asking me would I rather have an elite running back or an elite offensive line? I'd rather have an elite offensive line. Brittany, I love this one. I had it happen a couple weeks ago where um, someone sent in a message uh, for their husband on Twitter because their husband's not on Twitter. This one comes all the way from British Columbia. Brittany says, hey, Julie, my husband is a huge fan of your show and a daily listener on his commute here in British Columbia, Canada. Love that. He doesn't have Twitter, so I'm mailing in this question for Friday Mailbag for him. What is happening with Brian Burns? His three sacks seem to be mostly unblocked situations schemed up by Phil Snow. Is he getting double teamed more often or is it just winning not winning his one-on-ones? That's a great question. And Phil Snow actually spoke to the media um, on Thursday, as the coordinators typically do here week in and week out in Carolina. And he talked about after the last couple weeks or the first couple weeks where the Panthers were just getting home and dominating, a lot of teams have actually gone into max protection. So they're trying to, they know that Carolina with Brian Burns and with Hassan Reddick, those guys are game wreckers. And they're not going to allow their quarterback. That's starting with Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and last week with the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Kirk and Dak both able to dice up the, the Panthers secondary because of the pressure or lack thereof that was on them. That's what's happening. Brian Burns has also talked about, you know, they're starting to get chipped a lot with tight ends being there trying to help out. There are easier, there are more things you can do to help out tackles on the edge than you can kind of in the interior of the offensive line to try and limit those kind of pass rushers like a Brian Burns and like a Son Reddick. So Brian Burns is fine. I do think he'll figure it out. Phil Snow, they just got to find a way to adjust. And it does think when you look on Sunday, it didn't end up hurting them in the end. It could have cost him the game where he goes for the strip sack instead of the actual sack of Kirk Cousins. I'm not concerned about Brian Burns. It's just teams are scheming against him right now and trying to protect their quarterback. They're going max protect. And that's something that uh, a lot of teams are adjusting to after the couple, first couple weeks of Carolina Panthers. And they're going to have to, the Panthers going to have to figure it out because it's been three straight, straight weeks where offensive lines, good ones of the Cowboys, um, have been able to, you know, limit him and Hassan Reddick. Uh, Brody, you said, is Chris McCaffrey turning into the next Todd Gurley or am I overreacting? Uh, yeah, I mean, what Todd Gurley had the arthritic knee, and that's just that stinks. It goes back to his injury that he suffered there at the University of Georgia when he was a Heisman contender, and it just stinks that that's something that has carried on with him in the NFL. And now Todd Gurley, I don't he he's not with a single team right now after playing in Atlanta last year, a North Carolina guy, of course, and would loved him when he was with the Rams. Looked like he was an MVP candidate, looked like the best player in the, in the league when Sean McVay first got there with the Rams, and they had. Uh, back-to-back seasons where they won, they won the division and they went to the Super Bowl, losing to New, to New England, excuse me. But on that Super Bowl run, you saw C.J. Anderson, who the Panthers somehow couldn't figure out how to utilize him in this offense, was a key figure, which also proves my point that you don't need to pay running backs big-time money. But Todd Gurley was one of those guys, like a David Johnson, who was different. And the Rams paid him. Now, and then they realized, hey, man, he's injured, and we can get production from other running backs out there. 
Christian, I don't know if he's turning in Todd. It's not like his injuries aren't, it's like not a knee, like a knee would, if he had like a knee or Achilles thing, I'd be more concerned. Like it's a hamstring. It's a muscle injury that a lot of guys end up having an issue with. Like look at the cross NFL. I think what probably the majority of the injuries so far this season are guys of a hamstring that's year in and year out. I think it's just been a, a two-year string of bad luck for Christian McCaffrey more than, you know, he's got, like, a knee problem that's going to, like, he doesn't have an arthritic knee. Like, that was what's going on with Christian McCaffrey. Then, yeah, I'd be very concerned. I think Christian will be fine eventually, but I just still believe that this is why you just don't pay a position, a running back that, you know, takes that many hits, the kind of money that the Carolina Panthers uh, paid Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and I understand why they did it, but it's just turned out to not necessarily be the uh, the best investment so far for the organization through the first year and a half of Matt Rule as a head coach here in Carolina. All right, moving on as we continue the conversation of Christian McCaffrey. Kurt, uh, mailbag question for you, Julian. You're on record saying running backs should be paid minimum wage. No, Kurt, federal minimum wage. <laughs> but is CMC proving this is why you don't pay running backs because he's missed a season's worth of games since the extension? Or is he actually proving you do have to keep a guy like him since we are we are without him? The running, the running back, it's not just the running back. The problem is not that Christian McCaffrey necessarily is out that the Carolina Panthers are struggling this year, the problem is the offensive line is terrible, and the quarterback honestly doesn't really provide a ton of um, confidence. He, he, like I don't, Sam Darnold has not been good in his career in the NFL. Got off to a good three week stretch, and I committed him, praised him, credit when credits due. Last three weeks have just proven why I was not high at all on him being here in Carolina, and why I don't think that he's going to be the starting quarterback here after this season. That's just my opinion. I've I've fell true to that. I'm willing to wait before and definitively be like, yeah, he's not the guy. I don't think he's going to end up proving that he's the guy. That's the problem more than anything. I mean, last year, the Panthers were still able to move the football and win games without Christian McCaffrey. Now, they didn't win a ton of them because they weren't a good football team. They had a myriad of issues, especially defensively and on special teams that led to a lot of those losses as well outside of just the quarterback position, which if you're looking at the quarterback last year compared to this one, now Teddy Bridgewater spread the ball out. You have four guys on that offense who had over a thousand yards from scrimmage where this year, the only guy who's going to end up doing it for sure is DJ Moore. And then depending on Chuba Hubbard and Christian McCaffrey and the touches that they get and the production that they have whenever Christian returns and whenever Chuba is, if he has to keep playing based off of Christian's injury, like we're looking at maybe one or two guys so far this season. That's not great. So I think it's more of the offensive line that's proving that that's why they're struggling and also the quarterback more than um, Chris McCaffrey being out proves that the Carolina Panthers need to have a guy like him. Like they got production out of the running back position a couple weeks ago against the Eagles. Chuba had 130 something yards um, from scrimmage that day, all purpose yards. So they've already proven they can get protection. The problem was they what they couldn't protect. Excuse me. Um, they couldn't protect Sam Darnold and Sam Darnold through three, three, three interceptions. I think that's what it proves more than anything that this offense has major holes that, you know, it's not just a running back, but they have other things that they should not completely fall apart just because one player is out, especially if that player is not the quarterback, in my opinion. Um, all right, let's do this. Take another quick pause here on the show, then answer more of your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on Locked on Panthers. 
This episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Love me and M&M McFlurry. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you can always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and to refuel. I'm always a big fan of McDonald's whenever I'm hungry on a road trip. Got to get me that 10-piece McNugget, some fries, sweet tea with lemon, tangy honey mustard sauce, and hey, maybe even I want to get one of those uh, hot apple pies. Big fan of McDonald's as everyone out there loves some Mickey D's. So head over to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked On Panthers watch party? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. You guys already know Built Bar is by far the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They they say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Not really. You just need to trust me. Trust what I say. Like when I talk about the Panthers, trust what I say. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar There are so many mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut, almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Built Bar is coming out a new limited-time flavor every three to four days. So check out their website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's get back to the questions Muscles Marinara, I love that name on Twitter. Said question for your Friday mailbag. Since the receivers are struggling, particularly Robbie Anderson, do you think Shai Smith will get more opportunities? He only had two catches for 20 yards in his debut, but he looked fast and could possibly be that Curtis Samuel gadget type we had last season since CMC is out. Stay saucy, bro. You stay saucy too, Muscles Marinara. I love that guy. Um, yeah, well, I talked about earlier. I'm um, in the show in the first segment about only three healthy wide receivers right now. And looks like Erickson might be available. And I think likely Keith Kirkwood will be the first guy elevated off to the practice, off the practice squad on Sunday to be the fifth wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. That is if Erickson is healthy enough to play, but yeah, Shai Smith's going to get an opportunity for sure on Sunday. Chuba Hubbard has proven he's not great out of the backfield receiving the football. DJ Moore is pretty much the only guy who is doing anything at wide receiver so far this season. Robbie Anderson, Maybe being back at MetLife, you might play better. I have no idea what the deal is with him right now. He's just got to, like Matt Rule said, get rid of the distraction, just focus, get back down to um, to fundamentals, which is also something Robbie Anderson has said. But Shai Smith's going to get an opportunity on Sunday. And if Shai Smith goes out there and he plays well, no reason to think that he can't get more opportunities moving forward, especially if Robbie Anderson's going to have the struggles he's had. They draft him for a reason. He has an opportunity this Sunday to be a pretty big factor in this offense. I'm excited to see what Shai Smith can definitely do. So that's a great point that uh, you bring up there. Uh, Eric, he says, question for your Friday mailbag, Julian. Why can't we have nice things? <laughs> yeah, Eric, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know. It's unfortunate. And he sent this to me, I think, right after the game on Sunday, after losing that third straight game. 
and seeing the stadium get overtaken once again. Yeah, it sucks. It really does, bro. Um, I don't know. It's just because we're, I guess, we're the Panthers. We just don't get, we don't have nice things right now. There will be, there, there will always better be better days. So understand that the sun will come up a little bit. Orphan Annie told us that tomorrow. So just, you know, keep a good, positive attitude. But why can't we have nice things? Because I guess we're the Panthers. We live in Charlotte and just, just not, a, we're just not uh, destined to have great things so far. But maybe one day. Okay, Ken has two different questions for me. I also think Ken's a shallow water, so I think your name's Ken, just looking at your uh, your Twitter account. Um, for the last two years, he says, Coach Rule and Brady have seemingly attempted to make the focus on offense in both the passing and running game CMC. Should the head coach consider getting a new OC regardless if Coach Brady has made a head coach somewhere else? Pardon the overreaction, but it just seems like a good question based on the mood lately. And as we know, we talked about this week, Matt Rule said that they're going to get back to uh, running the football. Like, that is going to be their identity moving forward. It's weird after six weeks that the coach is all of a sudden by saying this is what we're going to do. Also, he's openly telling every uh, team in the NFL what their game plan is going to be moving forward, which is going to be predicated on the run. All right. Uh, maybe he's trying to psych them out, but after looking at what the passing game has been able to not accomplish over the last couple of weeks and the struggles with the quarterback and the offensive line and the wide receivers, um, particularly Robbie Anderson, who we just spoke about, I can see that he's probably being honest when it comes to wanting to run the ball. Uh, I don't, maybe, I think they're going to have an new OC next year. I don't think that they would get rid of Joe Brady. Matt Rule has said that he's been watching Joe for a while. This is going to be his OC coordinator hire when he got the job here in Carolina. Um, I don't even know if that would have been the case had he not basically had that star uh, studded season down there in LSU. And that's part of the reason Ed Ogeron's not LSU. And he's kind of mad that Joe Brady left after a season when he feels like he made him, which I don't know that's necessarily true. But Joe has a great reputation. I think he'll get a head coaching job this season. Even looking at the struggles, I think teams have just decided that this guy is a head coach. So I think he's gone regardless. But I do not think that uh, Matt Rule would change coordinators just to change coordinators. Your second question you asked me, though, is could the Panthers' lack of offensive identity be associated with the fact that we have a quarterback that hasn't outwardly displayed traditional leadership qualities? Seems more like another face in the crowd rather than the, he puts that in all caps, franchise. If not in demeanor, definitely not in play. I, this I don't care. I don't need a rah-rah guy. I really don't. I just need a guy to go out there and do execute, not turn the football over and have confidence in him in the final minutes and in the fourth quarter to go back and bring the team back. And Sam Donald did that last week. And that 96-yard drive, that was basically Sam doing it by himself with drops from DJ and from from Robbie, the fourth down throw to Ian Thomas, fourth down throw to DJ Moore and, and the run that he had. Like, I give a ton of credit to Sam Darnold for going out there and doing that. That's something that we did not see last year here in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater. So that was a positive sign to see that from Sam Darnold. Um, but I don't I, – that's just who he is. He's a California cool kind of guy. He does not need to be loud and vocal. That's never – that's not important to me at all. Justin Herbert. Look at him at the Chargers. That's what he's, he's a West Coast kid, man, from Eugene, Oregon. He used to walk to the stadium there at, at U of O before, of course, going there and leading them as a quarterback for four years and winning a Rose Bowl and now being a first-round pick and having a fantastic rookie season where he's Offensive Rookie of the Year, and he looks like he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks here for the next decade-plus in the National Football League. He's not like a fiery kind of dude. Like, not every quarterback has to be – like Tom Brady or like Aaron Rodgers, where he told the Bears crowd on Sunday at Soldier Field, I've owned you my entire life. I love that so much. You don't have to have those guys. Would I rather have a rah-rah guy? I guess it gets you fired up. You, I mean, Cam was that. 
but also Cam, his emotions also tick people off when you would see him have the towel over his head and not answering questions after the Super Bowl and all those things that they used against him to say that, oh, look, see, Cam Newton, not really a franchise, not the right guy, not the kind of quarterback you want. I don't believe that a quarterback has to have a certain kind of demeanor. All I believe is that they need to go out there and to play well and to lead this team. I care way more about you know, leading by example and servant leadership than I care about, you know, you know, guys I've like just being the yelling kind of guy. That's not necessarily leadership to me because you can yell all you want and try to pump guys up all you want. But if they don't want to follow you, then you're obviously not that great of a leader anyway. So that doesn't mean anything to me. I appreciate the question. Uh, David. Hey, Julian. I ha- And also, I studied leadership studies back in college. So that's like that was my minor. So I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm educated in this. I'm not I mean, kidding when I say like I, I am educated in this, but like also like whatever. It's just one man's opinion. Um, <laughs> I should probably cut that out. David. Hey, Julian, I have a podcast question. Did you notice in the game Sunday that there were a few times both DJ and Robbie were not on the field when the Panthers were in two wide receiver set? Why is not one of them in? We ran it every time except for once. Honestly, I don't know why DJ isn't in every snap unless he needs a breather. Thanks to keep up the good work. Yeah, probably because he needs a breather. And they're going to run the football. And I think a guy like Brandon Zilstra or um, Alex Erickson or Shai Smith or Terrace Marshall are better in run blocking situations. You know, why not? Like, if you're going to run the ball, might as well just give your receivers a chance to catch their breath. I think that's what it was more than anything there, uh, David. But that's a, that's a solid observation because I also I did notice that as well, that they were out a couple of times. I was like, huh, what are they doing here? Oh, run, of course. All right, Alex. Uh, he says, Bleach Report listed Andre Dillard. He's a former first-round pick for the Philadelphia Eagles out of Washington State. Uh, that's who Andre Dillard is, for those who don't know. Uh, he said, Bleach Report listed Andre Dillard of the Eagles as a potential trade target for the Panthers. Do you see us making a move for him or any other O-line help soon? Or do you think we'll continue to try to develop in-house? Hmm. I had actually had not seen that. I've seen Cam Robinson, who's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've seen his name floated out a lot. I don't understand why the Jags would make that move. Uh, you have Trevor Lawrence. Why would you want to uh, risk the health of your left tackle or your quarterback, excuse me, uh, especially the franchise like last year with the Bengals? And Joe Burrow, who are off to a fantastic start, he had no line help, and he got injured because of it. So I don't think that that's something that the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars would want to try and mortgage out there. And it also doesn't look like Andre Dillard's playing much of a role in Philadelphia. That was a guy I was really wanting the Carolina Panthers to draft a couple years ago because I've been obsessed with trying to find a left tackle via the draft, as you guys know from listening to the show, if you've been listening since I took over back in March. Um, I don't know uh, if they want to do that at all. Depends on what they got to give up. I hope they're not giving up any picks, but probably with a guy like Diller, they're probably going to give up picks. and They don't have a ton of picks that they need to be giving up, especially for next year's draft. I think Scott Fitter, he said it himself that he's out there trying to find O-line help. The problem is teams aren't just willing to give it up. And are the Philadelphia Eagles, who aren't a good football team, are they willing to give up Dillard and quit on him after, what, three seasons in the league? Maybe. I don't know. Hopefully... For the Panthers, that might be something that helps them out, but that's not going to say that definitively he's going to be a guy who comes in and helps them right away. All right, going to Kevin. Hey, Julian. Hey, Kevin. I noticed in the Minnesota game, the offense was getting set and snapping the ball with two or fewer seconds on the playcock every play. Do you think this could be a reason for the poor play on offense in terms of not having time for Sam to evaluate the defense pre-snap and the O-line to coordinate protections? How much of the blame falls on Sam and how much to Joe Brady? Love the show. Thank you, Kevin. Um... Well, I think they don't snap the ball because they are going through like they're calling the play. They're in the huddle and they're going out there and he is looking out and seeing, you know, what's got, what they have out there available. Because you hear it when you hear him say, yell, kill, 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 like they have two options to call two plays depending on what the scheme 
in the coverage that they see, Sam Darnold will either go from like the run play or the pass play. So he is going out there and he's looking at the defense and he's evaluating what they have out there available. And that's probably what's leading towards them, you know, calling, uh, you know, not snapping ball with two seconds left. Also, it doesn't, I don't think it really matters. You don't have to snap the ball with 17 seconds left on the play clock or even 10 seconds. You know, whenever you're ready to go, that's why they give you 40 seconds in between plays. So I don't really see much of that at all. If anything is, yeah, it's Sam. If, if you want to blame anybody, it's always you know, they say delay a game. It's on the quarterback. And, you know, it's Sam. And then you saw the, the t- issue where he tried to call two timeouts and back-to-back plays. That's guys like Alex Erickson not knowing where to line up. And that's a problem that you can't blame it on Sam. You maybe can blame the, o- the OC Joe Brady for, I guess, not relaying that to those guys better effectively. I have no idea what went on there. But lining up wrong in the NFL that's come on, like people in high school football guys aren't lining up wrong like that, forcing two back to back timeouts, which you can't do illegal, by the way. Um, yeah, so that's just that's what I think there, Kevin. Appreciate the question. Final question of the week. Eric, hey, Julian. Hey, Eric, been a fan of the Panthers since 2000. I was five. OK, so Eric's right here in my age group. And for the time this weekend, I'm getting to see them uh, play in person. Oh, sick. Uh, going to go up to New York. Good for you. I'm making a drive from Maryland to New York to see my team. What do you remember most from your first Panthers game? Also, a piece of information should give me hope of a nice win in enemy territory. The well, first piece of information is, um, which I said a little bit earlier, Kenny Galladay looks like he might not play, Was not did not practice. Same thing with Kadarius Tony. Same thing with Saquon Barkley. The Giants also have one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Uh, James Bradbury in that system has regressed this year. Their defense is terrible, and they're 1-5. And, and their quarterback, Daniel Jones, what he threw, three picks on Sunday is what he did. He turns about football over a ton. So right there, that that's the reason to give you hope that they should go to enemy territory and win that game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the offensive line has four changes from the guys who started week one. And two of their starters are out for the season. They're playing. They're starting right tackle with a left tackle. And that's just not a good situation. So the Panthers defense should feast on a Giants offense that's banged up and has a quarterback who will give you more than one game in and game out. I quite honestly don't remember my first Panthers game. Uh, my dad claims that we went to the games down in Clemson. I I don't remember that at all. Like I would have been what, three at the time. So there's no way I would remember going to those games. I don't even remember like my first games when they were at Erickson Stadium. Before they change the name to Bank of America Stadium. Like, that's, I don't, I really don't. I, I do faintly remember, like, the 1-15 in 15 season. I remember going to, like, a Lions game or something like that. I, I just, it's been, it's it's been a while. Like, it's hard for me to remember that far back, like, my first Panthers game. But obviously, I think, really, when I remembered, like, everything and started having a good recollection of all the games was, like, the 3 season where they go to the Super Bowl. Like, I just, I, all I remember like that week one game, Ricky Prohl cornering the end zone was in that end zone against Jacksonville and Jake DeLum coming in at halftime. Like that's that's really like where my Panthers like recollection of like remember everything because I have a pretty good memory. That's when that like that kind of started back that 03 season. So when I was like, like around 10, but I do not remember like when I was younger, like I remember going to games. I just don't really remember anything at all like that occurred in any of those games. So good for you, Eric. Enjoy your first game up there at MetLife. Uh be safe. I'm sure the traffic's going to be ridiculous, but uh, maybe it won't because the Giants stink. But uh, have, have fun. Hopefully the Panthers win. Uh, I think they will. If they don't, well, <laughs> podcast is canceled. All right, guys. Thanks so much once again for sending in those questions. Make sure to uh, follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where you can at me. 
or DM me and send in questions for next week. Go ahead and do that following the game on Sunday. Um, update there programming wise. Uh, my day job is with NASCAR. I have to work the race in Kansas. No, I'm not going to Kansas, but I'll be at the studio at the Hall of Fame in Uptown Charlotte on Sunday. So I probably will not be watching the game in real time. So that means you will not get your podcast around 6 p.m. like you typically do on Sundays for those who do tune in. But you will have it right there available for you on Monday morning. Um, I'll probably record later on Sunday night after I watch the game. So it's probably be a while. So don't tweet at me asking me questions about the game and reacting because I will not be watching the game likely in real time. So just go give me an update there for those who actually are ready to hear my thoughts immediately following the game at 6 p.m. typically on Sundays. Um, so there's that. Also, make sure to rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and wherever you listen to this show and all your favorite podcasts across Locked On Podcast Network. Um, as always, thanks so much for your support. Be safe. Enjoy your weekend. And I will talk to you um, late Sunday night or Monday, whenever you listen. But I will talk to you on Sunday. Keep pounding. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.